Thank you for joining the Home Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at myhomechurch.org. If you guys heard the message last week, I want to encourage you with, uh, first of all, if you didn't hear it, I want to encourage you to go online and listen to it because it's part one of a series in community. It's a very important message. I'd say it's probably the most important message that the Lord has ever uh, given me to speak. And it's really, really important that you listen to it, please. If you're part of this body, if you love Jesus, (laughs) if you don't love Jesus yet, just listen. But I just want to uh, give you a picture that the Lord uh, gave me this morning to encourage those of you who have been going through the process uh, in pursuing holiness this past week. The Lord showed me that in the body of Christ, we talk a lot about roots being pulled up, right? I don't know if you've ever heard about that, that we need to pull up the roots of uh, the sin. But what the Lord showed me this morning is that we don't ever talk about the tree that's attached to the roots that provides a measure of shade and protection. And a lot of the lies that we believe that the Lord is trying to tear out, a lot of them have provided a measure of false protection. So I just want to encourage you that if you have been feeling grief over what the Lord is saying you need to give up, It's okay, because that lie provided a measure of protection. But once you tear up those roots and you allow that tree to wither up, God will be your protector. God will be the one who protects you. Okay, so if you are feeling in your heart that you are having a hard time giving up uh, what he's asking of you, whatever he spoke to you last week, I just want to encourage you that that tree, those roots you're pulling up are attached to a tree that might have provided you a measure of shade. But it's not the Lord's shade. It's not good for you. It does not lead to life. Amen? So just to encourage you, if you're feeling some sort of, um, some sort of way, <laughs> right? Like, like Miss Courtney said, Because I've been feeling some sort of way with the things that God has uh, been asking me to give up, just being honest. It's really hard. These these ways of how we defended ourselves are ingrained in us from childhood, right? Um, But we are new creations, and we do not need to be conformed to the passions of our former ways. Amen? So that was the first thing. First thing, we center as a community around the presence of God. We've been doing that. We have prayer um, and beholding sets. And I just want to encourage you, if you haven't been to a prayer set, please make it. Please come. God didn't call you to this body so that you could just be on the outskirts. He wants you in the thick of it, in the center of it. He wants you in his presence. So come either Tuesday a.m., Tuesday night, Friday a.m., Friday night. It's not to benefit anything but you and your walk with the Lord and to literally uh, fulfill the desire of his heart. Amen? So it, it, it's, it's, it's amazing. Come. So this is our community series. And uh, 
This week, what we're going to talk about is commitment to the community. Commitment to the community. Community is defined as fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. And like we said last week, we have a common interest, Jesus, goals, the pursuit of holiness, expanding the kingdom, loving him, giving him the desires of his heart. Amen? And first, we take responsibility for ourselves in the pursuit of holiness so that we can be in fellowship with one another. Amen? So intro, this is the intro to the commitment to community. Today, I want to talk about debunking the idea that you can walk as a Christian in the will of God without being an active part of a faith family or a gathering of the saints. The idea that I am the church by yourself. It makes people think that they don't need to be a part of a local gathering of saints. And it's a weapon of the enemy to isolate you. Some people think that if they're at home watching sermons online, praying, um, that that's good enough. And I'm not talking about the people in this past season that have done that or that are still doing that because of medical reasons. Please don't get me twisted. I feel that in this past season, a lot has been revealed and the enemy has wreaked havoc on the body of Christ. Many have fallen away from the gathering because we weren't allowed to gather, but now we are. Even if they tell us we're not, we're still gathering, guys, because we're not doing this again. We're not going to let the enemy wreak havoc on us any longer. But many have fallen into the convenience of isolation, and they're still there. They've returned, and this is who I'm speaking to. They've returned, you've returned to your former ways of life in every other way, except you have stopped gathering with the saints, because you've gotten used to it. And I just want to, in Jesus' name, I just pray that you're called out, whoever is watching online. I pray that you're called out, you're called up, because this is the Father's heart, is that you would be in fellowship, that you would be an active member in the body of Christ, that you would not be um, hidden away in your house, away from everybody, so that the enemy can just attack you. Jesus is jealous for you to be in the body of Christ, to operate within the body of Christ. So we are the church together. We know that the church is not a building, obviously, right? Amen? We're not even in a building. Hallelujah. Did you know, <laughs> did you know that you don't go to church? We don't go to church. Being an atheist, coming out of that, uh, I thought that that's normal language. You go to church. I came out of, my parents were um, Roman Catholic, so we went to church. That was the language. But actually, biblically, we don't go to church, right? We collectively are the church, the body of Christ. Yeah. And if this is new to you, that's okay. I'm going to explain it really simply. Colossians 1.18 says this, and he is the head of the body, the church. He is the head of the body, the church, you. He is our leader. We are the church. But we are not the church by ourselves. What we attend here is the gathering of the saints. And when we understand that when we come together, we are the church, we will operate 
much more powerfully when we understand that we don't go to church. See, what, what happens is when we say we go to church, we placed ministry and uh, the burden of furthering, advancing the kingdom on those who administer the gathering, right? On the worship team, on the pastor, right? On the, on the few who are on the prayer team, things like that. But the reality is if you understand that you are the church, we are the church collectively together, we will forcefully advance the kingdom. You will understand that you're not coming here just to be served, but you're coming here to be equipped to serve the mission that you've been called to your very self. Amen? Together, we operate as the church. In fellowship, in service together, we are the church. We cannot be the church alone. You cannot be the church sitting in your house alone. Amen? Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 12, 14 through 20. We're going to look at God's definition of the body of Christ, how he explains the body of Christ. Do you know why we say turn to these scriptures? So that you know that I'm not making these things up. <laughs> it's right there in the word of God, written in the word of God, the living word of God. And as you read it, the Holy Spirit will bring revelation to you. 1 Corinthians 14, uh, 12, 14 through 20. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Remember, the body is the church. So the church does not consist of just you by yourself, but of all of us together. If the foot should say, because I am not the hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. So if I say, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I don't go to church, I don't need to be part of the church, does that make it any less true that you should be a part of the body, that you should be functioning and serving? Absolutely not. This is the word of God. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. It still is part of the body of Christ. We still need you to come out your house and be part of the body of Christ, functioning fully in what God has called you to. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell? We need each other. We need each other to function. There is a part within the kingdom that I play that you don't play, that you play that I don't play. And we need to come together to forcefully advance the kingdom of heaven. Amen? And this is my favorite, 18. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? Dismantled. Have you ever seen a thumb by itself do anything? No. It needs nerves. It needs a nail. It needs a joint. It needs skin. It needs bones. It needs blood. It needs, it needs to be attached to the hand, to, to be attached to the brain. It needs to be attached to the heart. Like, to function, we need to be connected with one another. As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. You see, nowhere in there does it say that you can do this alone. You cannot do this Christian walk alone. In fact, it says that you can't. Christians walk the way that Jesus desires. If we're a Christian, we walk the way that God desires. 
without being an active part of the body of Christ, without playing your part, you're going to suffer. And you're going to cause others to suffer and miss out. 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10 says this, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into marvelous light. Hmm. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. God calls you chosen. He calls you chosen. Come on, we just sang that. Yeah. He calls you royalty. He calls you a priest, meaning we're to minister to his heart. He calls you holy. Those are your identities in Christ. But do you see what Peter is emphasizing in 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10? He says this, a chosen race, which is a group of people, a royal priesthood collectively, a holy nation, a group of people, a people for himself, not a person, a people for himself, a group. You see, your identity in Christ is only fulfilled within community. Do you understand that? Your identity as these things are only fulfilled within a group. And that group is the body of Christ. The proclaiming of him happens when we are those things together. And most of the gifts that the Lord has given us are only displayed within community of like-minded people, believers. Here's some things that are found in church community only. And man, I felt the presence of the Lord in this. Very convicting presence. Maybe do a message in three months on it. Hopefully I'll be there. (laughs) But forgiveness. True forgiveness can only be found in a community of believers. It can only be shown in a community of believers. We can only show true forgiveness to one another when we have the spirit of Christ in us, right? But if you're not a part of the community of believers, nobody's going to see what forgiveness looks like. Giving and receiving. Healing. We confess our sins to Jesus to be forgiven, but we confess our sins to one another for healing. Did you know that? James 5, 17. I don't know about you. When's the last time you confessed your sins to somebody? I mean, I know some of you guys have. But if we want healing, it's only within the community of believers that we will receive those things. Giving to others. 1 Peter 4.10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Able, we're able to give. We're able to uh, ignite parts of our heart and give things that God has designed us to give, and then we're fulfilled within the body of believers. We have people to walk through hard circumstances that have the same view as us. Spiritual giftings working together. I'm sorry, I'm going fast because there's so many things. But 1 Corinthians 14, write these scriptures down. Go back to it. Equipping for the missions. 
If you don't come to the gathering of believers, you won't be equipped for the mission. We just talked about that. Equipping comes through teaching, people with giftings of prophecy, people with giftings of tongues. These things equip us to go out and be the kingdom. So when we gather, these things flow. But when you literally, when you don't come into that, you're not receiving that. So you're not prepared properly the way that God designed it to be. We don't have godly examples if we don't fellowship with other believers, if we don't commit. We don't have this picture of what we should uh, strive to look like. We don't see the elders. We don't see people walking in holiness. And then there's this, which is really beautiful, and um, Pastor Andrew said this. He said, um, you know, when... When I am with Andrew, he sees a certain side of me, right? A certain way that I express love. But when he sees me with um, my sister Brittany, he'll see a different side of me. So he gets to know another part of me because we have all these intricate parts of ourselves that are different when we share with different people. So when we come together as the body of Christ, we get to see how God loves people differently and celebrate all these new ways that he, um, that he expresses his love. Do you understand? Like if God expresses his love to, to you in a different way, now I get to watch that and I get to desire that too. I get to say, oh, I want that part of God. So it's a beautiful way that we can grow in understanding and love for the Lord. Amen? But here's some things that come against our commitment to community. And uh, I just, this is to encourage you not to like be like, oh, I, I failed at this. No, this is so that you can literally tear down the strongholds of the enemy. Amen? And you can walk in the way that God desires you to walk with community. So here are some of the, the things that come against our commitment to community. Individuality. The idea that has literally, it's been forced upon us with our culture that I could do this on my own. And if you can't do it on your own, you don't have value. You know, you don't want anyone to tell you what to do or how to do it. You know, culture teaches us that that is something to be valued. There's something wrong if you need somebody else. While it is important within the body of Christ to carry your own load, it's also important to know that we need each other. To operate in the way that God designed us and to live and bring us into the perfection of his glory, into expressing that glory. Even him himself, he is community. He is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and they operate together. So that's why he desires us to be that community together. Laziness, sorry, but sometimes people don't come to the gathering of believers because they're just too tired, or it's not just that, it's not that important. But if you're making time for everything else except for the gathering of believers, I'm just praying that today reveals to you the importance of gathering together with one another. Past pains, and this is probably one of the biggest ones. You may have been hurt in the past from other people within the body of Christ. You may be currently hurt by people in the body of Christ or just people in general. Like we spoke about last week, I just pray that you wouldn't settle outside of what God has called you to. Because God called you to forgiveness. He called you to walk in supernatural love. We're going to go in more detail about that next week. We're going to talk about um, communication and confrontation within the body of Christ. But he calls us to be in intimate relationship with imperfect people. And if you're like me, that causes you to pray a lot. <laughs> Amen? 
But he calls you to be in intimate relationship with imperfect people. He calls you to be in relationship, intimate relationship with imperfect people. Why, Lord? <laughs> well, I'll tell you why. He told me why. We, <laughs> we would never get to see his goodness expressed unless, and others would not get to see his goodness expressed unless we were in relationship with imperfect people, right? Because he's in relationship to us and we're imperfect. So now we get to be his, his light, right, to one another, expressing those things to one another. Consumerism. Here's another thing that comes against gathering. Picking a church for what they can give to us, what we can get from them. Uh, I don't like this. I do like this. You know, maybe I should, I, I don't know. It's like, it's more about you than about the Lord's heart for it. Do you understand? Kind of like, um, you know, I don't like this worship. I like that worship. Uh, they worship too long. They worship too short. Um, those are some things that can really, it's, and that's kind of just self-centered. It's not God-centered choosing of a church. Amen? And entertainment. I'm just going, I'm going in, all right? And it's okay. Again, entertainment. I feel like this is where uh, the church has been ravaged in this past season is because a lot of us uh, have gone to church for the entertainment. And uh, I think that a lot of us have found entertainment in other places now. So we kind of said, eh, not into it so much because our hearts have been grabbed by um, you know, uh, other things. And that's not why we gather. We don't gather to be entertained. I love Joe Johnson wrote me. He's like, yeah, but it is entertaining to be with the family of God. And that's true. <laughs> but we don't primarily come and gather to be entertained. Being a committed member in the body of Christ, it isn't a hobby. It's not for entertainment. It's not just a fun thing to do. It's a mandate. It's God's design to show his glory to the world. It's his heart's desire. And it's actually what he spilled his precious blood for. Ephesians 5.25 says, Christ died for the church. For all of us together. To be together. So how do you choose a church? Well, if you're here, I'm believing that God drew you here. <laughs> But if you're listening online, you ask God where to go. You ask God. We need to pray and ask God where he wants us. And then we stay there until we hear God say differently. 1 Corinthians 12, 18. And I'm going to explain to you why you stay until you hear differently. 1 Corinthians 12, 18. But, but as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose so he has arranged us into these groupings on the earth. He arranged them as he chose. So if we say, Lord, where do we belong? Show me what body of believers I belong in. That's all you need to know. And once you hear that, you should remain there because if not, you will miss out. We must be confident that God has called us somewhere. That way, no emotions 
No disagreements, no disappointments, not our pain, not someone's shortcomings, not our discomfort, and not our comfort. Only the voice of God calls us out. We look for the place that God calls us, and then we stay there. We commit there, and we grow there. So when you hear him say this, and you understand that it's him who arranged these things, you can be confident to commit. You can be confident to invest in each person. You can learn to grow with each person. The person to your left and to your right are for your benefit and you are for their benefit to grow in the Lord. You can learn to grow with each person. You can learn to confront issues. We can be the community and church that God desires on this earth and it's called the family of God. It's called the family of God. We just sang about it. You guys got set up. You kept saying, you chose me. You chose me. I was like, yes. Butter him up, Lord. (laughs) Abba, Father. Psalm 68, 6. God places the lonely in families. If you're here, God placed you in this family. And I just encourage you to commit. Where he calls you, he places you to be in that family. And you will find brother figures, sister figures, mother figures, and father figures. When we come into the family of God, we receive what? We just sang about it. The spirit of adoption. The spirit of adoption. We have been adopted into the family of God. And now we have brothers and sisters. I used to think that was like cute church language. You know, hey brother, hey sister. But actually, it's real. The person to your left and your right, the truth is that they are your brother or sister in Christ. They are your family. But here's the thing too, is that a lot of our families that we come from are broken. We are used to having broken families. So, I just was saying, Lord, what does it look like to have a godly family? What does it look like to function in a godly family? Most of us had very broken ideas and unhealthy ideas of what family is and what it looks like because that's what the enemy likes to ravage is family because that's a picture of him. But here's the thing that the Lord said. He said, where you are weak, I am strong. Where we are weak in understanding what a healthy family looks like, he is strong. And all we have to do is submit and do the things that he calls us to with one another, despite how we feel about it. Amen? And that can be really hard sometimes because of our issues. But he loves us in the process anyway. When we admit we are weak, Jesus is strong and his love will abound and his grace will cover us as we operate as he has called us to. But what is family? What is family? When we started home church, one of the things that was on our hearts is that it would be a family, a family of God that doesn't quit each other, that exposes everything, that exposes everything, all your junk, and that doesn't run away from each other. And that's the thing that the Lord highlighted to me is that family doesn't quit one another. When they fail or when they are failed by other people, when they make a mistake towards one another, when they get mad at one another, when they do something and disagree, 
Healthy family does not quit each other. They work things out. They work things out. They confront one another. We serve a God of restoration. We serve a God of real restoration. Not a God that says, stuff what you feel. Put it on the back burner. But a God that says, come forth with everything, all your junk. And he gives us guidelines. We're going to talk about that next week. And the process and the way to heal with one another so that the world may know how to do it, that it's possible. But we don't quit. And that's why you have to know that you're called. Because if the second that you get offended, you say, I'm not going there anymore. That's not God's desire because wherever you go, there you are. And trust me, I know people that have hopped from church to church to church, never dealing with what's in their heart, never allowing confrontation to take place. And this whole word came as I was driving. The Lord said, most of us are spiritually dull. The body of Christ is spiritually dull because we have removed ourselves from the process. Iron sharpens iron, but we think it's easier to just disappear, to ignore the person, or to stop going altogether to any gathering, right? But if you love the Lord, eventually you're going to have to deal, or you're going to have to harden your heart and walk away. Plus, when you don't confront somebody, when you don't speak to them, You're robbing them of the experience to grow. And this is just kind of a side note, but if the people in a body of Christ who are mature leave because there's too much sin going on in the young people, who will the young people have to look up to? And if the immature leave because they say we don't fit in or this is too holy or this is too serious or uh, they don't accept me the way that I am, I'm just different. We stop the kingdom from expanding dead in its tracks. So if you are here and you're feeling one of those ways, tear down the lie of Satan. If God has called you into this body, remain, grow, grow roots, dig deep, Allow yourself to be confronted. Allow yourself to confront others. Some of you guys hate confrontation. And I'm not saying fight each other. (laughs) We're going to talk about how to do it. Don't like, maybe you should wait till next week to confront each other (laughs) when we go through how to do it. I'm going to just have some fist fights up in here. (laughs) But, But really, this is the heart of Jesus, that we would grow together as a body, that we would glorify him through forgiveness, through kindness, through gentleness, through long-suffering. Amen? We need to be committed so that he can have the prize he desires, so can he, that he can have the people that he desires. This type of fellowship that I'm talking about, it's not like a Friday night hangout with a couple of your friends. It's a discipline. Fellowship is a discipline. There's times where you don't want to do it. There's times where you really want to do it, but there is times where you just don't want to do it. It takes understanding of what God desires and understanding his heart for community and commitment to fulfill his heart's desire among his people. What marks a healthy family, guys? I don't care what family you're from, The most broken, you know what marks. It's ingrained in you. Love. Love marks a healthy family. 
And that's God's design, that you would desire to be loved. And I pray in Jesus' name that love would mark this family because love covers a multitude of sins. When we love and we put love first, we are covered. John 13, 35 says this. This is like one of my favorite scriptures. (laughs) They will know you by the way you love one another. They, they, unbelievers, will know us, the body of Christ, by the way we love them? No. By the way we love one another. That's how the world will know us. That's how the unbeliever will know the body of Christ, Jesus' people, by the way we love one another. So let me just say this. Please, guys, stop attacking each other on social media. (laughs) That's family business. Send a text message. Send a private message. Family business does not belong all out here where the unbeliever can see it. Because they will know us by the way we love one another. So before you do anything, in front of unbelievers, to another believer. I want you to keep this in mind. Jesus, you said that they will know us. They will know you by the way I love my brother or sister in Christ. So let me protect this, because this is important to you. Amen? 1 Peter 4, 8, above all, above being right, above everything, love one another. The body of believers in Jesus Christ. Amen? That's not just talking love all in general. There is a specific protection that that God desires us to put around the love that we have for one another so that they will understand and know. So that they will, it's salt. They're saying, oh, I, I don't know that kind of love. We all desire that kind of commitment, right? That somebody would be committed to us in that way, that above all, they would love us no matter what, the way that Jesus loves us, right? We need to be that to one another so people can see who Jesus is. 1 Peter 1, through 23 says, having purified your souls by obedience to the truth, that's last week, like we talked about, for a sincere brotherly love. Once we purify purify our souls, we have the pursuit of holiness, we can engage in a brotherly love. Love one another earnestly from a pure heart, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. Brittany, you can come up. Um, This is not, obviously, like I said, talking about a love for the lost, but of family members. And here's what I want to say. Commit to the body of Christ that God has called you to. Commit to engaging with one another. Love is proximal. People say, I can love somebody at a distance. I don't know that definition of love. I've never seen it in the Bible. Never saw Jesus love somebody at a distance. Actually, completely the opposite. To love like Jesus, you have to be around the people that he desires you to love. You have to be around the body of Christ to love one another. You gotta get close. (laughs) And this is, you gotta get so close, like Jesus got close. You gotta get down to the stinkiest part of them, (laughs) their feet, right? Jesus got down 
to the disciples' feet. And in that, you lavish your service on them, right? One another. Or you receive it. And that's how we're washed clean and restored. A close love. A committed community. A love that sees all the faults and says, I still love you. A love that allows themselves to be hurt. Guys, you're going to be hurt. We're imperfect. Do you hurt people? I hurt people. You hurt people. We just are imperfect. God still desires us to be in fellowship with one another. And he's given us ways to overcome that pain. There is a crucifying of ourselves when we come into community. We're saying, Lord, I lay down my self-defense. I come into intimate relationship knowing that each and every one of these people are imperfect. And that I could and probably will get hurt. But you will get the glory because we will work it out. Because we're a community. We have unity in Christ. We desire to fulfill the, the Father's heart, right? We're going to forgive each other. We're going to talk about these things. We're going to work these things out. We're going to listen to one another. We're going to have compassion on one another. We're going to be kind to one another. Guys, it's easier said than done. I promise you. It's easier said than done. But we can do it because the word says that we can do it. And here's the thing is we can't operate in the full power of God unless we are committed to operating as the body. And we want revival, but revival starts in the, in the house of God, right? We can't expand the kingdom to the capacity that Jesus desires. We can't operate fully unless we're all operating together, committed to operating as a body. And it is easier to just speak about these things that we believe in theory rather than to have to demonstrate them through a community that demands us to walk out our truth. But that's the whole point of the Holy Spirit within you, right? Israel, God wanted a people for himself, a people that looked like him, but they couldn't follow it. So Jesus came, right? Now we all have the Holy Spirit in us. And we have the ability to walk in this way. We have the power to walk in this way towards one another. We have the ability to love one another. We have the ability to forgive one another, really forgive one another. We have, the abil we have everything that the world desires, but we need to demonstrate it to one another. And we can't demonstrate it disjointed. We have to demonstrate it together. We need to commit. Commit to community. Commit to the body of Christ. If we don't commit, we'll never be able to be confronted and we'll never grow. And we're going to talk about that next week. But here's some practical tips. This is what you can take away from this. Commit to the gathering. The gathering is where we're equipped. The gathering is where we fellowship, where we get to meet the people within the body that God has called us to, that he's arranged us in. Commit to talking to someone new. If you don't know somebody who you've seen several times here, I would say you should probably talk to them because they're important in your life. There's something that God has for you in them and something that you hold that God has for them, right? So talk to your brother, talk to your sister. This is a family. It would be strange if you didn't know your family, right? 
In unhealthy families, they don't know each other, but we're a healthy family, so get to know somebody. Tell your testimony. Be generous. Remember, this is a discipline. So it might feel uncomfortable to talk to somebody and tell them about your life. But if you're generous with yourself, I can guarantee you God will be glorified and you're gonna feel a part of yourself come alive, right? Serve, serve one another. That's why we gather as well, to serve one another in all of our giftings. Whatever it is, however it is, whatever the Lord has put on your heart to serve one another. Some people cook for each other in this congregation. I know that. Some people just go and have coffee. Some people babysit each other's babies. Get involved and don't say, nobody's serving me. You go serve. You serve. Amen? Seek Jesus together. Come to the prayer sets. Seek the Lord together. And this is my favorite one because I think that this is what you could do right now after. Find somebody that you don't know, share a meal with them, or have a cup of coffee with them. Because it's important to grow together. And look, this is not going to happen. I can't do it for you. You're going to have to do it. We are the body together. Get connected. Be one so that we would shine bright for Jesus, so that we can grow, so that we're not just stuck on milk, that we can really get to meat, so that we can have revival, so that we can be salty, so we can win many to the kingdom. Revival starts in the, ho- in the house of God. I keep saying in the heart. Revival starts in your heart too, <laughs> your own heart, that you would desire these things. But then in our community, amen? So I'm just gonna pray for you. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for your heart. We thank you that you place the lonely in families. We thank you that we can let our guard down, Lord. We can let our guard down. We can walk in intimacy, Lord God, because you've given us the plans of how to walk this out in purity. You've given us the power. You've given us a love that makes us unshakable no matter what happens to us, God. And Lord, I just pray for your jealous heart to be fulfilled with the desires. Lord God, everything that you desire your family to look like, I pray it would be done here in this body right here. Lord, take the little that we have and make it shine bright for you, Lord God. Make our hearts burn with a desire to know one another, to love one another in imperfectness, Lord God, so your glory may be shown, Lord Jesus. I pray supernatural love would mark us, a love that is not conditional but understands that this is your will, your way, Lord Jesus. I pray forgiveness, Lord God. I pray for testimonies of forgiveness within this body in the mighty name of Jesus, that you would move our hearts to release, Lord God, um, punishing other people for what they've done to us, Lord God, that we would say that we won't do it anymore, that we would go to that person and release them from our punishing ways, Lord God. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that it would be revealed that you desire a community, that we cannot do this alone, Lord God, that those in isolation, Lord, those who have been um, trying to walk the Christian walk by themselves, that they would pray to you and you would show them where they need to go, Lord God, that you would um, show them that it's the, the enemy that is making them isolated, Lord God, and that you would pull them back to the body. I pray for those who have been lost within this body, Lord Jesus, that they would be called back, those that... that um, that you have called here, Lord God, that you would draw them back as we lift up the name of Jesus, Lord God. We love you. 
We love you and we commit it to you. We commit this body to you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. If you guys want prayer, you can come up. But otherwise, have a great Sunday and ask somebody to go to coffee. Amen.